0: Listener
1: production. You are listening to The Howie Games, episode 158, part B, featuring ABC Broadcasting Royalty, Karen Ty. Now, ABC Grandstand, Karen, where I spoke at the start that it's, for so many people, it is the, the voice of their weekend. When did you start there and how do you prepare... So how do you prepare for a day on ABC Grandstand? For the half percent of the audience that haven't heard it, Karen basically takes us around Australia and around the world of sport in a six-hour period, feeling us up-to-date on scores, interviewing people. It must be a real fly by the seat of your pants job because I presume when you go on air at x o'clock you don't know in an hour and a half time who you're going to be speaking to from the Australian rugby team or the Australian Davis Cup team due to modern media I presume you just get a producer saying right we've got such and such away you go Karen
0: yeah yeah um oh look I suppose for me it was I've been able to do so many different things with ABC TV but as it was um getting to a point that more stuff was going which understandably in many ways going to commercial television and the ability to apply for the grandstand hosting role for abc radio while still being able to do some television stuff i initially i thought no i haven't done radio before and tracy holmes and mike mccann this was the start of uh, grandstand around the country, which my gosh, that was like, a, I think that was 1990, um, 1991 that that started. And so that was really a coming together. It was a big change for ABC radio sport around the country. And there were those that lost their jobs at the time. Um, so there was there was some heartache there, but there was also look, why don't we come together and do some national programming? And so when the ability came up to to apply for, I thought, look, I'll give it a go and um, I joined up and it was wonderful because for me I had always loved listening to ABC Radio for the cricket. I'd always loved listening to the coverage of the Olympic Games, the Commonwealth Games and I was a bit overawed, I have to say, at the start yes. to think about, wow, could I fish in? Across Australia, you're tuned to ABC Grandstand. Great to have you with us in the world of... Because I remember like flashing back to television when we did some golf coverage, which was enjoyable. And Jim Maxwell had come across, um, he loves his golf and he had come to join in to do for one of our broadcasts. I was so nervous about going out to say hello to him. (laughs) But you know, once you, as you say, once you meet somebody, it's so very different. So, yeah, so to start with, yeah, we did um, the whole day. It was very different, I suppose, to start with because a lot of the days to for summer grandstand this is, We did a lot of Sheffield Shield cricket. There was a lot of around the grounds. So that's always been my biggest joy um, to be able to go around the grounds, do some interviews in between. But I would love, you know, going to like Jim Maxwell, Kerry O'Keefe. Goalie Goals was very wide of the stumps and he's pushed out on the offside. Katuskatusk. Because you brought
1: a a modest spinner who's not hurting us. What is the word you used before that?
0: Katuskatusk. Katusk. Katusk. You know, big I, mistake. I'll stick to what it's a un- skippy call. Uh, I to what I understand a single down to backward square leg from uh, from Clark. Sound effects part of a commentator's, re- commentator's repertoire.
1: Did you did you watch skippy?
0: Skippy the bush kangaroo. Now, I, I, listen, I come from India. Yeah, but we don't Skippy get kangaroos in India, we don't We don't get cartoons with kangaroos in them. <laughs> <laughs> the next ball is played out Skippy to mid wicket, and he can't get a run. Hang on, I'm going to give you the score at some all point right. 282 for three, <laughs> Ponting 111, Clark 135, and you and Skippy can have the next two minutes all to yourself. Oh, thank you, mate. Skippy was a big just that, in the UK. that energy, um, as well as doing interviews of your own, it was a beautiful place to be. And yes, you were on this seat of your pants a lot, and when I first started. Uh, it was still way before all of the media access, you know, like having people on the mobile phone or whatever. Yeah. That's been such a huge change, hasn't it, it over has. the years? You know, those initial times of having to make sure somebody was, you know, by a landline phone, um, and so my <laughs> gosh, if they weren't there and you couldn't get to them at that point, oh my god, where do we go to next? But anyway, so
1: what do you do? What 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 do you do in that point? Because, um. It, this is what fascinates me about what you do is that you're sitting there in the studio by yourself. So, you know, when I do the radio and the football, if I run out of things to say, I just turn to any of the boys or girls beside me, same as the cricket. But what what do you do when, you, when you're by yourself and you're about to cross to uh, the 1980 yeah. Formula One world champion, Alan Jones, yeah. on his phone on the Gold Coast and then yeah. AJ doesn't pick up? Then what yeah. do you have to do?
0: Oh, look, it's, it's beautiful if you can have um, co-presenters, say, around you just to throw ideas. But what I would always do, I would always have like um, sport results and everything written down, like hand written down. I still do that quite a bit rather than having things typed out. So I would have some sort of backup stuff there, like if I would have to sort of reflect on that or look about what's coming up. Yeah.
1: All right, Karen, you're now going to get my 10-year-old son, okay? Beautiful, thanks. Uh, His name is Mac, um, but he, he, for whatever reason, as a young man, he started calling himself the Big Penguin. So (laughs) the name has stuck. So hopefully over in the West you can hear his question. Here we go. Hey, Karen, Big Penguin here. First off, it's really good that you're getting better. I'm really happy for you. Anyway, my dad's told me you're really good at interviewing, and Dad... Being a bit of an interviewer himself, he really thinks that's a good thing. Anyway, if I had to interview anybody I could in the whole world, I'd probably do Chris Lynn because I think he's really cool and I really look up to him. But out of all the people you've already done, who else would you want to do the most?
0: Oh, thank you. Gosh, but that's, a, that's a challenging question, isn't it? Um, he doesn't
1: mess around, Karen. See, oh, I butter doesn't. the guests up and then he just comes in, bang, with the hard ones. We're a good team. We're a good team. Oh, <laughs> a good team. That,
0: that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Oh, I suppose in terms of I've interviewed her in the past, down the track, and I think it'd be beautiful for you to do again, Ash Barty with yes. all that she's done and, you know, what the future will hold for her and just the... The whole story that so many of us know to this point, um, how she made the announcement that all she's achieved in uh, so brilliantly in, in tennis, that now the next stage of life is coming, whatever that holds for her. I think that you no, know, she would be a most wonderful person to sit down and yeah. have a, a chat to again. Yeah, along with so so many other people, but yeah, she's she's a shining light.
1: The thing that um, that always strikes a chord with me as I was saying often on road trips, is the true national operation that is the ABC. So you'll be there on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon and you might get a text message from Frank from Marble Bar and he's telling you it's 49 degrees and then Jane from Ipswich and she's driving a tractor and Um, Barry from Ceduna who's out chasing the sheep. And and when you read those messages out, it makes me smile because the, the ABC connectivity to the true country that is Australia is like no other broadcaster has the ability to do.
0: It's been a lovely thing and I think you hear that so often when we're truly national with the, the yeah. cricket in the summer and that's a beautiful thing to hear and it, it makes my heart go boom. And just when you get those messages through, really that's what we're here for, aren't we? Whether it's it's just to be able to provide The well, the call of live sport is live sport is amazing. That will always be number one. Yes, but it's lovely when you get the messages back from them on the SMS or other ways, and and that's really beautiful.
1: Back to Karen shortly. Now, I received a text message last week from a man that featured on episode 16 of the show, Mr. Trevor Hendy. Trev was saying to me he was listening to the Mason Cox episode because he's a big fan. It was a positive message because that is the type of dude Trev is. So if you want some positivity in your life, please go back and listen to episode 16 with Trev. He is a superstar. So much more in that episode than just sport. Normally, at this point, I would play you some of Trev. But as I was going back through his episode, I found the teaser done by a very young Pickle and a very, very young Big Penguin. I reckon the Penguin was about four. So just purely for me as a dad moment because it literally brought a tear to my eye, this is the teaser to Trev. Next week on the Howie Games... Shh, Pickle, we're not allowed to say anything. Please, Big Penguin. No, Pickle, Daddy said. We have to keep our little traps shut. Why, Pengy? Because Daddy is going big time. I mean big time. With next week's guest. Bigger than Gene Norman? Maybe. Bigger than Dee Sammy? Possibly. Bigger than Silly Gilly? Can't say, Pickle. All I can say is holy, dolly, holy molly and crikey. is going to be better than Mardo's cover drive. We're excited. So that's the pickle and the big penguin, but they are talking about Trevor Hendy, who was the big guest and has dominated on this show. Please go back and have a listen to episode 16. Let's get back to Karen. I need to tread through this carefully for you because it's an area of which I have no real understanding and I'm aware of the sensibilities around it and I'm aware of the damage it did to you, Karen. Encephalitis in layman's terms, what is it?
0: Uh, in layman's terms, really, encephalitis it's it's an inflammation of the brain, and there's different types. I've never heard of the word, by the way, before it happened to me out of the blue. Nor had I, Nor had I. <laughs> so, and it can be pronounced absolutely encephalitis, encephalitis. It's it's just it's accepted both ways. It's an inflammation of the brain. So for me, um, I think I could only count on one hand the times in life I've had a cold sore, which has come up here. Now, this herpes simplex virus, which it is, it, that can just pop up as a cold sore if you're a bit run down maybe. And But instead, they don't quite understand why still. But instead of it coming as a cold sore here, for me, it decided to go a different direction and go up here above my left eye. And inf- just that's where the brain is. And so it's it's had an impact there. And so the main um, uh, ongoing effect for me, although physically I'm back to normal um, and so on, is is just that for me, it's just accessing names, which is um which is challenging, um, and some descriptive words as well. So that just happened out of blue, um, for me, so, so literally.
1: What, what what happened? Did you feel sick or you, I don't I don't want to make you talk about things you don't want to talk about, yeah. so I'll leave it in your hands to tell me to tell me the story of what yeah. happened to you.
0: Um for me it was Back in 2020. So we're coming to the end of summer grandstand. And as you know, like it's really, really busy. And, you know, all of my colleagues who are going into whether it's the rugby league or the AFL, and it was just a busy time. And it was just a a Monday. And I remember getting up and I just felt just a little bit off. But I I just didn't even want to have any toast, a cup of tea, let alone a cup of coffee. And I thought it's a bit weird, but I didn't feel nauseous as such, just a bit off. And um, anyway, I thought it was a busy week. Come on, I've got a good producer there. Let's just get through this. Anyway, cut a long story short, um, I was feeling like that every day of the week. And I thought, look, if it gets a bit worse, I'll go to the doctor. But on the Saturday and Sunday, we were on air with Summer Grandstand and at the end of the Sunday when I was off air, my beautiful producer, she had to leave straight away. So um, I said goodbye to her. Then I was just on my own in the studio and I thought, something's not right. And I was just feeling off and I just thought I need to get home. I was all right to get in the car to get home. I remember walking inside at home and my son was playing some game with friends on the TV And I just saw him and I just said, look, I've just got to go and and lie down. Oh, yeah, mum. I laid down there on that Sunday and I was just feeling nauseous and not right. But um, I, cut a long story short, it was on the Wednesday and my husband was getting really concerned and I had said that I'd booked an appointment. I'd rung up and booked an appointment to see the GP. I couldn't remember doing that. The GP was really good. They organised for a doctor to come over to the house I still remember his face and a few things that he asked me and he took a urine test. I can't believe I was able to give him that. So he he, masked, he, he um, crossed off something that he thought it might be. I was just feeling so off. But apparently, which I can't remember, he had asked me just a couple of little key questions, like I think your date of birth or something else, and I couldn't say that. And he said to Glenn, we need to get Karen to the hospital. And so Glenn, I remember, had said to me, Karen, do you think that um, if I help you, you could get in the car rather than ringing an ambulance? And I just went, I was just so out of it. But I remember saying, yeah, okay. So he put the dressing gown on. I can't remember anything after that. I can't remember walking down into the car, but he got me to our hospital here in Perth. And um, I've just got no memory um, for maybe a couple of days. They they did a lot of testing um, and I can't remember anything of that apparently and that's how I just say thank you they were able to diagnose encephalitis very very quickly and that doesn't always happen to people and the quicker you can get it that can be so much more beneficial um and so like I Glenn didn't um get our son to come along for the first few days because initially I had no idea who my husband was he leant over to give me a kiss on the forehead and I apparently went
1: so you couldn't even recognise Glenn at that point?
0: No, no. Right. I, I didn't know. I didn't know anything.
1: Was it life-threatening, Karen?
0: Uh, they do say that it can. It can be. If, it, if it's not treated. If it's not treated, right. yes. But I had no idea, but I was in I was in hospital for about 10 days and then I was able to come home, but I had nurses visiting me every day to to keep medication going into me for the next two weeks. They were beautiful. And essentially they said, Karen, your brain has been impacted, so please don't feel scared that your body, if you can, your body will just want to sleep. And I was in bed probably at least for the first month. It was just being in bed. And also, if I could just walk and just lie on the sofa, that's what it was. It was very frustrating. Um, and indeed, when I think about it, the the wonderful moment in twenty twenty of the ICC Women's the T Twenty, yeah, I um, mean you know, the MCG, I was in hospital then. You know, that was that was International Women's Day as well, wasn't it? So it was. Yeah. I had no. I've had to look back on those moments um, because that just couldn't compute with me when all of that was on. But it was just a really strange time. It was just so out of the blue.
1: Um, How scary scary is it to not be able to recognise your husband? I I don't know if you could not recognise your son. Like when you're starting to understand the position you're in how scary is life without a memory let alone we'll get to your job component but just life in general
0: yeah that was well I, I suppose at the time when I didn't recognize my husband and then that only lasted a couple of days and then I I didn't know who he was so that must have been some sort of medication and that helping in that regard But in terms of, and then my son came in, that was okay. My sister, uh, because all my family are on the other side of the country, she was able to fly in because, of course, this was also the time that the COVID, COVID, you know, I had no idea what that was. (laughs) I had no idea. She managed to come over while I was in hospital she left just as all the barriers were starting to come up so I was very very blessed to have to have her as well um and just look love of family and all of that and one of the wonderful things for me and that I would like to let others know who have encephalitis that you're not alone because I had so much support work was so supportive um, my family, husband, and son, friends, also supported, but I still felt so very alone. And I, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing to say. Like I just thought, I'm not, I'm not me, and what's happening? And I have to say that being able to be connected to other people who've had a similar encephalitis to me has just answered so many questions. It's so beautiful to be able to speak to somebody who, who as much love as I have and support from family and friends, to be able to speak to someone else who knows that frustrating feeling of not being able to access the things that you want to anymore um, has been absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And just to be able to talk like we're talking, we link up every now and to find out this place uh, based in the UK, it's a charity organisation called the Akephalitis Society, I just can't say enough about, they answered so many questions for me and I've got beautiful doctors, but it was this frustration of thinking, why can't I be me? What's wrong? I had severe anxiety. The information that they've been able to provide and to be able to meet others who are going or have gone through something similar, it has been the most amazing thing. So I would just like to say, if there is anyone out there that you have gone through or are going through encephalitis, your child is, it can happen at any age, you're not alone. Um, I've gone out and done a, a few little talks and to have people come up and say, it's so lovely to think that I'm not alone. Um, even if that's one or two people, um, it means the absolute world to me and um, you know this person I was speaking about Karina in Adelaide I just happened when I was back in Sydney last month she's a travel writer she's German born lived in Australia for a long time so just of recent time she was in Sydney um, as an international uh, travel writer to try and encourage people to come to Australia so she does that for Germany and other parts of Europe And so we we met face-to-face in Sydney. It was the most wonderful, wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she said, Karen, it's so good you've met up with others in Perth. And she goes, I haven't met anybody face-to-face in Adelaide. So that's one thing I'd like to be able to find. Um, Anybody in Adelaide who has or has had encephalitis, if we can link a few people up together there, that that would be brilliant. Well,
1: hopefully the podcast can help maybe connect (laughs) a few people in the community. I, I, I asked you... Is it scary when all of a sudden your memory is not there? And, and you mentioned yeah. to me at the start before we started recording about anxiety and you hadn't had anxiety before. Can you tell me how that manifested in your world as a result?
0: Yeah, I've had a bit of anxiety um, up and down through part of my life, but never as strong as this. I mean, my husband, Glenn Mitchell, who had a mental breakdown, um, I, I through the build-up to that. I went through a lot of anxiety. But in terms of this, like, for instance, I'm actually overlooking my computer. I'm looking through to my kitchen area that, which, that looks outside. It's hard to describe this, but I had a lot of nausea. I'd just come and go um, multiple times a day. But then I just was thinking like I was sitting there near the kitchen and I was thinking, okay, I would, I would be speaking to myself, which was a weird thing, saying, come on, Karen, let's. what can we do? Um, maybe some housework. Um, I would get the vacuum cleaner or the mop out and then that was all I could really do and I was exhausted and I just thought, right, come on, Karen, it's all okay. But one other thing that just overwhelmed me was a fear of, being inside my house, this house on my own, even in the full sunlight like this. It's, it's so hard. That, that's gone, thank goodness now. But for quite a period of time, I was in sitting in the house, but no one else was at home. The sun was outside. I had to make sure all the doors were locked. And I was trying to talk to myself to say, it's okay, Karen. But Mm -hmm. in the end, what I did for a couple of days, and my doctor did help. And just with a little bit of medication, antidepressant medication, that really, really helped. But you know what I would do is drop my son at school, was very nervous to come home. What can I do? I would go to a little cafe because there were other people around and I felt safer being in the cafe. It's weird, isn't it? Um, And then my doctor was amazing. And so that's helped. But also night, I never thought I got so scared of the nighttime, even with my husband and son at home, we've got a lot of windows, we're all the shutters around here, but towards the back, because it's private, we don't have any curtains or shutters. But even with my husband and son at home, I felt so scared that people were looking in and I thought I'll never be able to walk outside in the nighttime again. Or I, I'll never be able to do that. It was this overpowering, it felt, it felt like the real me was here, but all of this other stuff was pushing across. I, that's the best way that I can describe it. It's so a, it's a, it was just overwhelming. It's, it was the weirdest, weirdest. And that went on for for such a long time. But thank goodness that's gone. And, you know, like even things initially, sorry jumping around here. No. But yeah. Um, like for three months, so sometimes I've got to look back and think things that I can do now that I couldn't do for quite a while. And talking about accessing names, I couldn't tell you my address. That's something as simple as that. So, for instance, I, I, I got so angry at myself. I would walk down to the front of the house. I could see our number and down the road I could see the road name. Right, Karen, that's fine. You know where you live. By the time I walked back up inside, gone. Jeez. Gone. It must Word's be gone. frightening. It's, it must it's be just so f- frustrating I, as well. I remember um, my dad's not well enough to fly anymore, so all of my family loved from Sydney, and I would be on the phone. I could only speak a little bit each day, um, and my I remember with my dad and my beautiful, um, well, other mother, Dot, and. I was in the garden and I said I just wanted to say what I was doing in the garden. The garden was really good and to cut a long story short and they helped out. In the end I wanted to refer to agapanthus but I couldn't say that word. So I said asparagus. It's it's not asparagus. That <laughs> I couldn't get the right word asparagus kept coming but it was agapanthus. Anyway, that that's the type of the the words just not falling in the right place. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. so
1: I appreciate how open you're being with me and how honest you are because I don't imagine it's an easy thing to talk about. And I'm so glad, as Mackie was as well, the penguin, that you are so much further down the track. Yeah, thank you. But as as somebody, Karen, I've described what you do as a job and your ability to interview A and B and recall C and and, D and E. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: How – you must have been concerned that you would never be able to get back to work because your oh, whole yes. job is yeah. memory and recall.
0: Yeah, uh, then I, I really, uh, I, I sort of think this time last year I was just thinking, I, I don't know if I can, I can do this. And then at work, I just started to go in. Um, of a weekend and sit down just as we've got a Saturday sports talk program in the winter over here and I would sit on the producer's side and just so I could get back into what radio was like. And then I have to say we did a couple of dummy programs last year. um, Uh, Test runs. Yeah, test runs. And so that was a little bit nerve-wracking, but... Oh, how did you, the, I, I, oh, how did you feel?
1: How did you feel going in to do that? Yeah, I, f- I
0: felt Yeah, I felt really nervous. I had a beautiful producer there. Everyone was really supportive, but it, we wanted it to, to make it feel that it was a proper program to time. So it wasn't like just let's do 10 minutes. So we did a one hour. So, and then so then it's then
1: just, these were dummies. These were tests purely oh, to see whether you were yeah. up to what was required. Oh, yeah. wow.
0: And. You know, then the second one, they said, why don't we do one and a half and we'll do a little bit of talk back. And do you know who they got to come into the studio with me? Kim Hughes came in. <laughs> and Not an does... easy
1: man to contain at the best of times,
0: <laughs> Kay anyway, Hughes. So I, I did some some interviews and then um, he came in. And then just colleagues of mine around the country, They they just called in. Um, and they just, I didn't know who they were initially, but they just had a different name. They wanted to ask different questions. And so, yeah, they, they wow. were all really supportive. But I remember I was absolutely churning that beginning of October. I had actually pre-recorded a number of interviews that day and I just, I was churning inside. Um, but just to be able to get that first three and a half hours done, um, I... I was so exhausted. I couldn't do the Sunday. I think I just did the one day a weekend and then just slowly but surely, it's not perfect, but it's so much better than what it was. So I feel very, very um, appreciative of the wonderful family support. I've always felt with ABC Radio, I, I don't know if you feel this too when you work with teams of people, um, that's one beautiful joy for me is to be part of a team. And um, I, I sort of feel that sort of that family type um, setup. up, uh, for me it's been over so many years. Um, so I've, I've had a lot of support. So I'm very grateful for that.
1: I used the word courage at the start of the show. You were showing courage to come on the podcast and chat with me about what you've been through and courage to get back to work. So i the way i see it karen courage comes in many forms you know we can see aflw footballers women yeah. going head yeah. to head on a saturday that that's a form of courage i've had uh, ex-serviceman jack jones the greatest australian i've met come on this show and talk about mateship and courage but because i think i understand what your job is and how important memory and recall is to mm. me it is tremendously courageous that you've gone back to do it not really knowing mm. when Manus Labishane's on your show and yes. he's talking about the Australian captain, and you're trying to find in your mind the name mm. Pat Cummins. To me, that mm. is frightening.
0: Yeah, yeah. And look, it's going to be. I've accepted. It's um, it's step by step. The last thing I ever want to do is is let my colleagues or the program down, so I I just think it will be literally a step by step thing. Um, sometimes when, uh, yeah, sure, if I can pre-record some stuff that because I can have lots of dot points written down and names um, wow. through the summer. Uh, I mean, the, the tragedy for everyone of Shane Warn's death. And my colleagues came in. I, I didn't think that I would be able to continue grandstand that afternoon because of just accessing names. And I had one of my beautiful colleagues come in and um, to sit on the other side of the desk and to be able to just, just to help with that. Uh, so I, yeah, I accept that. And the last thing I want to do is to, um, to let others down, so it's. I just. I'm a positive person at heart, and so I. I just. I just want to keep giving it a go, and if it's. If it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. But um, I do have beautiful support, and and you know that's what I cherish the most. Well,
1: well, as I've said, I, I'm a long time listener, and um, being more aware, probably the most of what you've been through, I listen in and. You're as good as you ever were, Karen. You're as good as you uh-huh. ever were and polished as you ever were and well-researched <laughs> and so beautiful to listen to as you ever were. So oh, on you. and on and on, I reckon. What have you learnt either about yourself or about life when you go through what was a life-changing situation?
0: You've only got one life, yeah. Um, so I I just love positivity. I love not taking things for granted, I love um, just, you know, picking up the phone, just I'm very close to my family and, and dear friends and just um, just enjoying, I suppose it's some of the simple things in life too, like walking, getting back out. And for me, I don't live far from the beach. To walk by the water is just uplifting for me. And just to accept all the the positives in life and um, and good people around you. So you know that that's what makes my heart sing.
1: It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Here we always finish this show the same way, Karen.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we have a lot of youngsters listen to the show. Yeah. Um, and from a uh, work perspective, you've been extremely successful at what you do. So for those youngsters that might want to pursue their passion, which is obviously Mm -hmm. what you've done, whether it's in broadcasting or gardening or being a vet, as I'm sure (laughs) you would have been a very good vet, what advice would you give the youngsters that are listening?
0: Um, Look, just have confidence in yourself, believe in yourself, Mm. and don't be scared to ask questions of others. Mm -hmm. Being so shy, I suppose. I I wish that I'd done more of that. Karen? Mm.
1: Um, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I said at the start how your voice has been a part of my life for a long time. Um, and I know this wasn't necessarily easy for you to come on um, with the recall and the stories and delving into your past, which is an area that, as people would understand, has become difficult for you, but it's getting better all the time. But yeah. right from the first time I sent you an email, your response was so warm and positive. And when we started texting each other, you would always finish your text message with a little emoji of a pink flower. And it made me smile <laughs> all the time. And my wife, Erica, would say, oh, how much do you know about Karen? And I'd say, well, I don't know a great deal about her, but the way she is in her text messages, how happy and positive she is, I can't wait to speak to her because I think it'd be a great episode. And it has been, and I'm so glad that you are back on the radio and uh, forever improving. And hopefully me selfishly gets to listen to you for many, many years, as do the rest. To the country thank you so much cheers stay safe Karen look after yourself thank you now that that for mine is a truly truly remarkable person I can't thank Karen enough I can't thank her enough for trusting the show to tell her story and being such a wonderful wonderful guest I look forward to hearing Karen on the radio this summer I really do thank you so much Karen Next up on the show, UFC featherweight champion Alex Volkanovski. Until then, peace and love.
0: And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. If we try, try, try.